In Mexico, healthcare is supposed to be a universal right. In 1983, the Constitution was modified to require the government provide access to health to all citizens. But 40 years later, not everyone does. Instead, a drugstore giant and its clinics have popped up everywhere to fill those gaps. And it's all led by a very popular cartoon mascot. A pudgy bald guy with an enormous mustache, whose name is Dr. Simi. But can Dr. Simi really meet the healthcare needs of all Mexicans? I'm Gustavo Ariano. You're listening to The Times, essential news from the LA Times. It's Wednesday, April 19th, 2023. Today, the rise of a pharmacy chain and its informal clinics, and what it reveals about the failures of Mexico's public healthcare system. Here to talk to me about the unlikely rise of this Mexican pharmacy chain is my LA Times colleague, foreign correspondent Layla Miller. Layla, welcome to Times. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, so I have not seen El Doctor Simi in a long time. And people who aren't Mexican definitely have little to no idea of the doctor. So tell us, remind us, who is he? Dr. Simi is the cartoon mascot for Farmacias Similares, which is one of Mexico's largest pharmaceutical companies. He's this old white man with a bit of a stomach, a bushy mustache, and he has three hairs on each side of his head. <laughs> para los que no me conocen, soy el Dr. Simi. Y para los que ya me conocen, Pues también soy el Dr. Simi. He's always in a good mood and he talks in this cheerful, nasally voice that's instantly recognizable among Mexicans. De hecho, eso es lo que quiero compartir con ustedes, la alegría de vivir. You can find him dancing outside of pharmacies. You know, someone will put on a Dr. Simi bodysuit, an employee, <laughs> and will just start dancing. He's on TikTok with an account that has more than 2 million followers. And he also comes as a doll. It's actually really hard to find a Dr. Simi doll in Mexico City. Once I started researching Dr. Simi, I just started hunting around for these dolls. Whenever I passed by a Dr. Simi pharmacy, I would ask if they had dolls available. And it was always, no, we're out of stock. We don't know when they'll come in. And then two weeks ago, I was walking by a pharmacy and I suddenly saw like five Dr. Simi dolls. (laughs) And I quickly bought like three of them. No, it's to- he's totally, it's such a phenomenon. But who owns and operates the pharmacy chain that Dr. Simi is the mascot for? The pharmacy was founded by a man named Victor Gonzalez. He comes from a family that had long manufactured drugs for the public sector in, in Mexico. 
And then in 1997, the government passed legislation to try to open up the generic drug market to the public. So it did this by requiring that drugs be labeled not only by their brand name, but also the active ingredient. And they did this to increase confidence that people had in generic drugs. So Victor Gonzalez took advantage of these laws and he opened up Farmacias Similares. And Similares means similar and their slogan is the same but cheaper. Lo mismo pero más barato. And that's a reference to generic drugs. And what was it about that pitch, the same but cheaper, that made Victor Gonzalez think that his pharmacy chain would really resonate with a lot of Mexicans? Well, one of the key things that he did was open up clinics alongside the pharmacies. So in Mexico, people deal with long wait times to make an appointment with a general doctor, which can take weeks. If they need, you know, an appointment that very day, they could be sitting around for hours and hours just waiting for the doctor. And there was a huge portion of the population that worked in informal sector jobs. They did not have health insurance. So with these pharmacies, people could go to the pharmacy and see the doctor next door for very cheap. They're basically $2 doctor visits. And the generic products are also, well, they're, they're much cheaper than patent products. And that's why people will buy there. You might have a lot of clinics. You might have cheaper prices. But how key was having this Dr. Simi to the explosion in popularity for Farmacias Similares? I think it was very key. I mean, they've just invested a huge amount into their marketing strategy. So Dr. Simi came up at a time where people did not really know what generic drugs were. So Dr. Simi was this goofy and really likable mascot that could explain generic medicine to the public in a very easy way. And the company just created a bunch of Dr. Simi marketing materials. So they created a group that was called the Simi Chicas, <laughs> which were models and actresses that would travel with the founder and they helped promote products like the Simi Condom. The pharmacy also created a Simi comic book. They created Dr. Simi TV shows and even a health insurance program where the pharmacy would give you medical treatment for a premium that you could pay. One of the most interesting and maybe shocking strategies is a hotline that you can call to simply chat with Dr. Simi. At the Dr. Simi headquarters in Mexico City, there's a room with several Dr. Simi impersonators that sit there all day and take calls to simply talk to people that want to meet Dr. Simi. Dr. Simi impersonators, they'll chat with you for a few minutes, but they'll never break character. 
People can really ask anything. They might call because they're sad that Mexico just lost a World Cup game and want to hear a joke, want to rant about it. When I went and visited the headquarters a few months ago, they told me about one young adult who first called Dr. Simi when he was a kid and he was upset about his parents' divorce. And he's kept calling the hotline ever since then. Coming up after the break, the role Dr. Simi has played in Mexican healthcare and the promise that the government hasn't been able to keep. Leila, before the break, you mentioned that what's driven the success of Dr. Simi and Farmacia Similares was problems with Mexico's public health care system. What's been the issue? Healthcare is technically a universal right. The Constitution was modified in 1983 to say that all Mexicans have a right to healthcare. But in practical terms, it doesn't really work that way. For a long time, the people working in Mexico's informal sector, so that includes anyone just selling products on the street or even cab drivers, they didn't really have a program that covered them. A quarter of of Mexico's population in 2020 said that it lacked access to healthcare. How has the Mexican government tried to address these shortfalls? Mexico in 2004 created a program called Seguro Popular, which provided health coverage to the informal sector and boosted in huge numbers the population with access to health insurance. But in 2020, Mexico's current president replaced that program. He said that there was corruption and he replaced it with a different one. But that program then... Uh, has experienced medicine shortages that experts say are because of bureaucratic issues, issues with changes in how the government has acquired its medicine and also the pandemic. So they're now transitioning to yet another program. And in the meantime, pharmacies like Dr. Simi are filling in the gaps. Yeah, in what ways then has Farmacia Similares filled that gap between what Mexico has offered in terms of a universal pledge for healthcare and the reality of it. So farmacias similares are very accessible. You can find them on busy intersections, next to bus stops. They're thought to serve roughly a fifth of the population. Farmacias similares is in every state in Mexico, and it's also in Chile. And the current head of Farmacias Similares, who is the son of the founder, told me that his goal is to have 10,000 pharmacies in the next five years and ultimately be the largest chain in the world. And Dr. Simi is leading them all along the path. Wow, to Chile even. Right. Dr. Simi has just become this social media sensation, largely thanks to the company's marketing In 2021, this student named Ariel Vega 
happened to have a Dr. Simi doll with her when she was at a Mexico City concert with the Norwegian artist Aurora. And she just decided that she wanted to give her Dr. Simi doll to Aurora. So she was able to pass it up, pass it up to the stage and someone threw it at Aurora who showed it around and that video just became viral. People just started throwing Dr. Simi dolls at concerts. And today, whenever Dr. Simi appears in a goofy way anywhere, the media outlets will cover it. A Dr. Simi doll appeared at a memorial for Queen Elizabeth last year, and that was national news in Mexico. Oh, wow. So Dr. Simi and his private clinics are a really big deal in Mexico. He's now in South America. He's getting worldwide exposure. But is there a risk to his ubiquity and popularity? Experts would caution against relying on private pharmacies like Farmacias Similares. They would say that these pharmacies could be great for immediate illnesses, short-term illnesses like a cold, but they don't replace the care that you need for a chronic illness like diabetes, for example, which is so common in Mexico. The concern is that people will be frequenting Dr. Simi clinics when they really need to see a doctor at a public health clinic that specializes in chronic illnesses. Yeah, and for a lot of these people, do they have any other choice but to use farmacias similares and its clinics, especially if the government-run clinics are as inefficient as people say they are? I think for many people, something is better than nothing, and they just don't have time to find another option. The people I've talked to who go to farmacias similares say that it's worked out for them. Entonces, esto realmente abrió la posibilidad a que la gente pudiera acceder fácilmente a los servicios de salud. I spoke to Carmen Maldonado, who was visiting Farmacias Similares' first store, which is in Mexico City's Portales neighborhood. And she was there to buy cold medication. And then she got some antibiotic injections at the clinic next door. And she just been going to that doctor for years and called him the family doctor. There was a sign outside of the clinic which said that you could go there for birth control, for oxygen readings, for blood sugar readings, for stitches, even for ear cleanings. That familiarity and ubiquity in many ways has made Dr. Simi and the company behind him something far beyond what you might expect from a typical healthcare provider. Right. And you can see that in the marketing. The company last year actually created what it called a Colonia Simi, a Simi neighborhood. And what it did is it went into this poor neighborhood in the state of Mexico. And it's a neighborhood that's on a mountain. The company gave all the residents food vouchers 
So every few weeks, um, they'll get a package of food from the company with essential items. It created a community garden. It renovated the community center, created a basketball court, and it painted hundreds of houses on this mountain so that from an aerial view or from the highway, you see a mega mural of Dr. Simi's face. Yeah, he's just become a part of Mexican culture, a part of everyday Mexican life. Yeah, people, I think when they think of Dr. Simi, they get nostalgic. He's been around for several decades now, and they just think of their childhood, of going past a farmacia similares and seeing Dr. Simi dancing, Tarraguetón or Tocumbia. He just feels like an icon. Finally, Leila, what's next for Dr. Simi? The son of the founder who's currently running the company told me that he has a bunch of ideas for the future. He said that they plan on opening a Dr. Simi Museum in Mexico City, that they're planning on buying an 800-acre preservation in the Patagonia as one of their eco-friendly campaigns that they hope to be inaugurating a Simi roller coaster in Mexico City, and that they're also planning on selling beauty products in the U.S. So there's definitely a lot in the works that's coming up for Dr. Simi. But is there a Dr. Simi filter yet on TikTok? (laughs) I think there is. Oh, my God. Okay, then it's settled worldwide, Dr. Simi. Leila, thank you so much for this conversation. Thanks so much, Gustavo. And that's it for this episode of The Times. Essential news from the LA Times. Helen Lee and Kasha Bersalian were the jefas in this episode. It was edited by Jasmine Aguilera, and Mario Diaz mixed and mastered it. Our show's produced by Denise Guerra, Kasha Bersalian, David Toledo, and Ashley Brown. Our editorial assistants are Roberto Reyes and Nicholas Perez. Our fellow is Helen Lee. Our engineers are Mario Diaz, Mark Nieto, and Mike Heflin. Our executive producers are Jasmine Aguilera, Shani Hilton, and Hiba El Urbani. And our theme music is by Andrew Evil. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back Friday with all the news in this month. Gracias. 